0: Welcome back to another episode of 5am Theology. So Chris, this week we hit 1 Kings parts of it because it's kind of all meshed in with 1 Chronicles and and we're going to talk about 1 Kings 19 today, but we probably need a little bit of background because what happens in the two chapters before really makes a difference on how you see chapter 19. In the two chapters before, God came to the prophet Elijah and told him that there would be a severe drought in the land. And that was punishment because of the gross sin of pagan worship by King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. God told Elijah to leave the region because of the famine, because it was going to last for years. So he does. And the famine did last for years and it did come. And Elijah went to where God told him and he got taken care of. And then God told him to go somewhere else. And he went there and God took care of him. So God took care of him the whole time
1: through the famine. Right. And then there's the familiar story of 1 Kings 18, where three years into that famine, God tells Elijah to go confront Ahab about the pagan worship. And Elijah tells Ahab to assemble 450 prophets of Baal. I love this story, by the way. Tells him to assemble the 450 prophets of Baal, and he's going to challenge them to see whose God can light their sacrifice on fire. Now, this is kind of a funny story. When Baal doesn't respond to the 450 prophets who are crying out and wailing very loudly, Elijah mocks them saying, maybe your God's relieving himself or maybe he's on a trip or maybe he's sleeping. And these Baal prophets, they even end up cutting themselves with swords to try to get Baal to respond. But of course, he doesn't because it's a fake God. Yeah. And most of us
0: know how that story ends. Elijah, when it's his turn, he tells him to drench the wood with jars of water three times. There's so much water that it's running out of the trenches And Elijah prays to God, and he just asks God to let those watching know that he's the only God of Israel. And fire comes down from the sky and lights the soaking wet wood and burns up the sacrifice, which was a bull. God then tells Elijah to put all 450 of those prophets to death, and he does. And then God tells Elijah rain is coming that very day. And again, that's another familiar story. They're watching and watching and watching. And, you know, the little cloud comes out and all of a sudden it starts pouring down. And Elijah is completely confident that God was going to do that. He watched and watched for it. And of course, God does do it.
1: Yes, he does. So after all of this, God showing just how sovereign and powerful that he is over and over and over again, we get to 1 Kings 19. Ahab tells his wife Jezebel what Elijah did and she's seething she's really hot she sends a message to elijah telling him that she's going to kill him and this is elijah's response in first king nineteen three. it says then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, sheba which belongs to judah and left his servant there Pretty mind-blowing that after God took care of him during a three-year famine and allowed him by himself to defeat and kill 450 pagan prophets, that he's now terrified of one woman. She was evil and nasty, but
0: it was only one woman. Yeah, I, it just blows my mind. I read that and I was like, wow. And Chris, it even gets worse because Elijah isn't just afraid. He's like totally defeated. He says in the next verse, 1 Kings nineteen four. but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am no better than my father's. So Elijah's like suicidal here. He just wants God to do the killing instead of him killing himself. And you read that and you ask yourself, How does he go from the high of calling down fire from heaven and consuming the bull laying on the soaking wet wood and orchestrating the killing of 450 wicked prophets to tapping out and wanting to roll over and die because one
1: woman has told him she's going to kill him? I know. It seems crazy, but it's what we do. Haven't we all seen God show up big time at some point in our life only to roll over and play dead when the next crisis hits, we can easily go from praising God and thanking him for how he has worked something out or kept us from danger or reconciled us to someone. And then we act like as soon as the next bad thing comes along, we forget everything that just happened, everything that God's done for us. And we just let our circumstances dictate what our feelings should be.
0: Yeah, you're right, Chris. We do all do that. And that's probably why this story's in here, because we can all relate to it. And I think that's the reason why the Bible says, don't rely on your emotions and feelings, because they're unreliable. And like you said, they easily change depending on our circumstances at that moment. And of course, what scripture does tell us is focus on the character of God and the truths that we know about him. Like the truth we see over and over in Deuteronomy, Joshua, Hebrews, and other places that we should be strong and courageous because God will
1: never leave us nor forsake us. Yeah. And this is exactly what God tells Elijah. You would think that God would be angry that after Elijah had seen him do all that stuff, that he was not trusting God to handle his situation with Jezebel. But God is gentle and kind. That first king's passage finishes with this verse. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, arise and eat for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God.
0: You can see that God knew Elijah was feeling overwhelmed and scared. And I, th- I think you're right, Chris. He's gentle, he's kind, and he's the same way with us. He knows when we're feeling overwhelmed and scared like Elijah was. We might not have a nasty queen trying to kill us, but we certainly have enough disasters and crises in our life that can overwhelm us. And even though he's told us and he told Elijah over and over be strong and courageous because he will not leave us or forsake us, he doesn't beat us over the head with it when we're down. Instead, As we see here, God gently nudges us and gives us the nourishment we need to get through the next leg of our journey. He doesn't always give us what we need to get to the end of our trial, but he does give us what we need to get through that day or that part of the trial
1: and assures us that he's not going anywhere. Yes, you're exactly right. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow one of the most beautiful truths in all of scripture. Amen
0: to that. And that's a good place to end this morning. Have a blessed morning, everyone.